BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, today we have vocalist, artist, actress, Calico Cooper. And if that last name sounds familiar, uh, yes, that is because Alice Cooper is her father. So let's stay tuned for that interview, but let's first... Be sure to thank everyone who supports me on Patreon. You guys, of course, get that bonus episode every week, which Victor and I usually do together. And I, man, I have so much fun doing that episode. There's no music. It's just, there's no agenda. It's just Victor and I riffing on whatever we feel like talking about. And sometimes I, I think I take things a little too far, but that's one of the things that's uh, so um fun and uh almost th- therapeutic for me to do that podcast because i i feel like because there's so few listeners that i can really just say whatever the hell i want and i many times do and so anyways a big shout out to the 32 people who support us with monthly pledges that range anywhere from 20 or i'm sorry uh two dollars i think up to like 30 dollars yes steven sailor man you're you're the man and we're going to hit some requests actually for Steven Saylor today. He's uh he's one of uh, he is the top patron on Patreon. So anyways, big thanks to Jeremy Weltman, Andrew Miller, Metal Dan, Chris Riley, Johan Enderstrom, Steven Rodriguez, Tommy Anderson, Gregory Muse or Muse, I'm not sure how he pronounces that. Kenny McCrimmon, Leo Leo, I, I I always just say Leo from Alaska because your last name, I'm not sure. Shem, Shembin? Let me know, Leo. I, I'm horrible at pronouncing names. Uh, Brad Dahl. I, I used to say Brad's name wrong. He has a very simple last name. But I think I got it now, right? Right, Brad? Brad from Utah, Yarg Metal. Brad Dahl, thank you for your support. Richard Langridge, Dan Gerwin. Gary from Gary, Jerry from Long Island. Jerry, love you, man. Hope you're doing well. We got to get back to shows, dude. I, I love having a beer with Gary. Gary, what is, what the hell's wrong with me? Jerry from Long Island at shows. Sam Soupy, Drake, Matt Carroll, Jason, Seth. Of course, the uh, previously mentioned Stephen Saylor, Ron Keel, Jean Francois Bloss. Anthony Mackey, James Bennett, Mr. David Gray, Fred Ritz, Michael Street, Jay Vaninsky, Mike Jones, Steve Hoker, John Bovari. That's it, actually. And well, actually, and of course, Victor Ruiz, who does the podcast with me. Thank you so much, Victor, for all the help you you do. You update the website talkingrock.net along with me, and then you do a lot of the posts and stuff on Patreon, um, the majority of the posts on Patreon, and you do the great bonus podcast, the Mark Striegel podcast with me every week so check that out guys two dollars a month or less gets you that bonus podcast if you donate or pledge five dollars a month or more on patreon i will also send you a talking metal t-shirt if you do ten dollars a month or more on patreon i tell you what i'll throw in a talking metal mask and the t-shirt and the bonus weekly podcast so there you go it helps uh 
really me not only financially but also emotionally to see you guys pledging and supporting me there it is it's a it's a it's just as much an emotional thing i i swear to god but thank you so much let's get into the episode with calico cooper right now on talking metal hi i'm mark striegel host and producer of this show since 2005 on this episode we're going to talk some rock some metal and anything else we feel like We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radioland. a little Sean Baker orchestra here on Talking Metal, the Sean Baker orchestra, a guy who's provided music to Talking Metal for well over 15 years, because I'm recording this on August 31st, 2020, and John and I started this somewhere in the middle of August, late August 2005, so here we are, 15 years later. Speaking of John, he did this uh, Calico Cooper interview with me on the the live stream and we will get into right now that interview this is the song the seeker 
by Bisto Blanco here on Talking Metal, followed by John Astronomy, a.k.a. Ostrowski's, uh, or I should say John Ostrowski, a.k.a. Astronomy, right? And, and myself interviewing Calico Cooper. And she was a blast. I, I totally enjoyed hanging with her on Zoom. If you want to see the video version of this, go to youtube.com slash Talking Metal. Here we go. The Seeker by Pisto Blanco. Visto Blanco tonight here on Talking Metal. Thanks, Galico. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, welcome to my closet. Um, you can see a Friday the 13th sweater here, Ghostbusters shirt there. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's actually mine. It looks like a very organized closet. It looks great. It has to be because I, <laughs> I just amass so much stuff. And when I bought this house, it was a broom closet. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to make it a large filming closet. So the, the idea was to have like a sheet come down, uh -huh. but that never happened. Well, I think the clothes look cool. Sometimes like, like today, I, I put this on because you were coming on and in this band that I'm in, I, I wear like this hat and stuff and, and uh, I wanted to look cool because you guys look so cool all the time with cool costumes and cool clothes. So I don't normally do this for talking metal. <laughs> Well, I feel extra special. Thank you. <laughs> you are extra special. <laughs> so Calico, we wanted to just catch up with you, uh, hear what's going on with the band, hear what's going on with you during this strange time in, in our history with, with quarantine. Uh, are you guys, you guys were doing some live streaming, right? Yeah, it was super cool. Um, so Monsters of Rock, who, I mean, it was so integral in breaking Bisto Blanco. I mean, really, they took us out. Um, you know, with these big, with these bigger bands and, and everything. And we didn't really fit the genre, but we kind of had legacy. And the, and the guy, Larry was like, look, we'll just, we'll take a chance. If they like you, they like you. If not, then no harm, no foul. And we went in all guns blazing, literally all guns blazing. And at the end, we were just like, you know, the, the unsung heroes, everyone was like, please don't. So that relationship grew and we ended up doing the Megadeth cruise and like, you know, it, it just really put Bisto out to a different, you know, genre. And um, so Larry is doing this uh, series where bands go into uh, this. It, it's, I can't even describe it to you. You have to see it. It looks so cool on camera, but even cooler in person, if that makes any sense. But like the whole back of the studio is a giant LED screen both sides are LED screens and the floor. Wow. LED screen. And he said, I want you guys to unleash Bisto. Like everything you've got, no idea is too crazy. We'll make it happen. And so we premiered about a week ago on uh, Mork, Monsters of Rock Cruise uh, Facebook. And it's streaming now. It's called The Freak Stream. And if you are interested in seeing Bisto Blanco, that's what it was intended to look like. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. And the band had a record out about a year ago, was it? We Are, right? Yeah, yeah. We actually, um, that'll be our fourth record. Uh, one of them was live. Um, we played with this band. I don't know if you guys are familiar. I, I wasn't. But it's so bizarre how big and small the world is. We played with this band called the Bursay Uncles. Mm. And they were the U2 of Germany. I mean, I'm talking like, we would play two nights in a row sold out at the Mercedes-Benz arena. Right. Wow. And I'm going, how have I never heard? And that's just one of those, they're national kind of like big bands. And so they took us out for about a month and a half and we did a record uh, live from Berlin there. And it's one of our best selling ones. Cause people say we love hearing Bisto, but something about seeing it and hearing it live is, is just kind of takes it to that next level. So yeah, the Freak Stream's out now. Uh, we Are has been out uh, for about a year. We're working on a new record. But yeah, We Are, I'm really proud of. That That was a little more mainstream for us. And I, and I really, right. I did. Well, you and sound you, great you, on it. 
uh, Galago, and I mean, you do lead vocals, Solitary Rave, that's you doing primarily vocal, right? Yeah. Yeah, it sounds great. And I, I even like, like, for example, what you were talking about seeing the band live, one of my favorite images of the band is from the, the, uh, the grind video where I think it's you, Chuck, and uh, and I think some of the other members are like walking, and and then there's one where he's just like almost punching the camera, and I just love that. I mean, you guys look cool. Yeah, right. we uh, went out to um, this like abandoned coal miners, you know, shack somewhere out in the desert, and we shot that, and it was gritty. I mean, I had dirt in my mouth and under my nails, and I think you have <laughs> to actually do it you know, for it to look authentic, I think. Right, you can't fake it. Yeah, yeah, can't fake that. Can't fake the funk. It looks great, though. But I love the the, you, the image of you guys, uh, you know, live. Like, if I went to a concert and saw all of you come on stage playing the type of music you're playing and looking as cool as you look, that's yeah. what I want to see. That's the kind of bands I like, so. Yeah, and it's I, funny, like, you don't think about, um, you know, another tour we just did where we really crossed over was Bisto uh, went out with Hailstorm and Palais Royale. And it was such a cool trifecta because it was sheds. I mean, big, huge, no seats, right? Wow. And it was all teenagers. And I you know, I, I never doubt it, but I just go, I don't know, like, we're kind of like, bikers right like that's kind of like and people that like theatrical rock i'm not really sure if, if teenagers are gonna get it right i'm telling you after about the third song i you know turn around and i look down and it's a sea of kids like wow awesome <laughs> that's i love it that's cool like yeah. i'm glad it's like they, like it's like another like you're superhuman to them i think because i don't think teenagers are used to anything that cool <laughs> well, yeah and, and, and i don't think that they've I think that especially those three bands really put on a show. And so even though our music is different, it's all rock and roll, but it really kind of like that was the glue that made the show work. Because I mean, Hailstorm is just like you're pinned to your seat the whole time. And Palais Royale, that band is hungry. They are like, it's a, it's a great, great band. And then Bisto is just like this whole other thing. So, I mean, these kids are going to a rock show, like, oh yeah, you want to go to a rock show? What the hell is this? Right, what are we seeing? So, I, you know, seeing pictures after that run um, was really crazy to see like, you know, I was getting instant messages and DMs on Halloween and it was all these teenage girls and they were dressing up like my character, you know, the X under the eye and the dreadlocks. And I'm I like- love it. Thank you. That's well, I think it's great. Congratulations. And it, it, I love it. I, I'm so happy that you guys are doing as great as you're doing. And uh, I, I'm happy to see uh, rock alive. Especially yeah. for the younger crowd. I think that's. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I, I had a little bit of trepidation, you know, obviously I'm not going to not play, but it was like, you know, I don't, Bisto's never been very high tech. Like we're like dirt and grime and like, you know, we have the baseball bats real, the spikes are real, everything's real. Right. Um, and when they wanted to put it in a digital world, I was like, okay, I think we're going to have to go full banana into it. And so I sort of took my character, you know, who's sort of like this, um, you know, this like warrior sort of Ferretti girl. And I was like, what if I turned her cyber? So all of a sudden it was like, it made sense in the world and, and everything. So That's cool. yeah, 
I think I think we're moving in a cool direction. I'm into it. And and on that note, you mentioned that you guys are working on some new music, which I'm assuming did that come about just because of the downtime now? Were you planning to work on new music this soon after we are? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're lucky uh, and you've got people paying for it, you want you know you want to do as many records as you can um, because I think that people stress themselves out. Every record's got to be the masterpiece, right? It has to be the user illusion. It has to be it, right? This is the one. And I think the Foo Fighters and, and bands like Weezer and stuff and, and Blink-182 have it right. They just make music. And some songs are right. great. And some songs they're like, eh, whatever. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter to them. But they're constantly putting out music. And I think that like, not only in a digital age, you have to do that. You right. have to. Um, but it keeps you on your toes. Okay. What's next? What's next? What's next? So, um, you know, we are, had been out about a year and yeah, it was, I think we were planning on doing it anyway, but we definitely were going to be touring. I mean, we missed, we were in the middle of a tour when, when Corona happened literally on a tour bus, living on a tour bus. And, um, we were setting up for the show and the club owner came in and said, I'm sorry, we just got the government mandate. You have to tear everything down and go. Oh, you man. Know, wow. I'm go- I got one contact in. I'm going, for yeah. real? Where am I going to go? Yeah. And all the flights were canceled home. So Wait. I was on the bus for like another week because I, I I was like, where, where were you guys at? What state were you in when that happened? We're in Detroit. Wow. Well, it's a cool city to be in, at least. Um, yeah. I saw that there was a date on your website in October in Pittsburgh. Is that a real date? Yeah, so here's the interesting thing. So all the, the concerts we had to cancel, I and mean, we had another two weeks of shows, right? And um, I'm sorry, I have two new puppies. I love it. <laughs> They're in the background having a spaz attack. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we had two more weeks of shows. And so now these promoters are calling us going, hey, uh, either let's start planning for 2021, or some promoters are like, we're going to do this. So we're kind of in a position going, Ooh, I don't know, like, what, what does the world look like? So I think um, that date is up there. I don't know how they're going to do it. If, it. if it isn't safe and responsible, obviously we're not going to do it. Right. Um, but they have come really far with like really interesting ways of doing it. You know, the, the pull up, the drive up concerts. So I think that's going to be one of those things that everybody does at this point. You know, we're kind of going a day at a time as much as I hate that because I'd love to like mm-hmm. no no I, I I'm I'm with you uh in in all the different aspects like one you you want to be safe you want to make sure you don't endanger anybody you don't want to endanger yourself but it, it, on the other hand you, you I want to rock and I would like to see more rock and I think you should rock and I, I hope you guys get to do that show I mean uh I, I Pittsburgh is my home near my hometown I'm, I'm in like the New York New Jersey area now but uh uh, I think they've they have figured out ways to do these things in Pennsylvania. So I hope your concert happens. Yeah, they really have. But I know uh, we're in talks to do um, a Halloween show, um, a stream. Oh, cool. So, but the cool thing about the stream is we don't we can create. Especially, I live in in Los Angeles, so I have you know all these like. Um, you know, these sound stages and prop houses and things at my disposal, and I can really create. A world and so I'm, I'm really excited we just talked about it today 
uh, doing like a totally different from the freak stream Halloween show and just going in like full beast mode. And I'm so I'm excited to see if they say go, I'm going nice. nice. Big. <laughs> so Calico, is it, are the, when it comes to the songwriting, is it Chuck and brother and you or who, who does the, the primary writing for the band? Yeah, it's so, um, it's musically, it's uh, Brother Latham. Like he right. he and Chuck put together the music. Um, and then lyrically, it's me and Chuck and Chuck's wife, Lindsay. Wow. And so like a song like Solitary Rave came along because we were in a bar and we were joking around about uh, when a girl says, well, I'm not like other girls, that you're exactly... Right. Yeah. <laughs> By virtue of saying that. So um, we were we were laughing and Chuck says, no, I don't think I've ever met any to me. So I don't think I've ever met anybody like you. Your brain is so strange. I go, in what way? And he goes, well, when you and I get into a fight and you walk out of a room, I learned you don't want me to follow you. And I'm like, right, no, right. Yeah. I'm trying to save your life. I need my own space here. Right. Yeah, don't follow me. Don't follow me. And then if you don't follow them, they're like, why the hell don't you care about me? So, and I get that, but like, I, I'm leaving to preserve your life. Right. So right. you're, you're doing that, them a favor by yeah. leaving. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Lindsay thought that was the funniest thing she'd ever heard for some reason. And so we started writing a uh, solitary rave and, um, it was just based on the story I told her. She goes, well, what do you do? Like when you leave a room and slam the door and I'm like, oh God. And I just told her about being a teenager and about what I do now as an adult. And, and she was just like furiously writing. And so wow, that's great. Is, born. is there, is there, did I just make this up or is, does it say alone time in the song or am I just making that up? Yes. Yeah, is don't mess with a girl when she needs alone time. Yes. I knew. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Now, I, you know what I almost thought it might have been too. This is another way. Like, like, let's say that you're, uh, I, I don't know if the word shift was in the song, but like, I even thought like, let's say like, there's like a, a waitress or something. And there's like a, a, like kind of a weird dude at the place trying to like talk to the waitress. And she's like, look, don't bother me when it's my time to do my thing. Like, that's <laughs> another thing. Yeah. The, the lyric is let me work on my shit voluntary quarantine. Right. And so I just loved the idea. And that's really funny you bring it up because my initial idea for the video, I wasn't in it at all. It was just like, like you said, like sh shots of women, like at work and at school and in all these places, like barricading themselves in the bathroom and just like, you know, having a fit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a big production. I still love that idea. I'm going to figure out how to work it into another video, but, um, yeah, the label was really hot on, you know, they're like, no, 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 you have to be in it. And I was like, no, but listen, such a good idea. <laughs> so uh, well, I'm glad you're in the video. You got to be in the video. Yeah. And you meant, Calico, you mentioned the videos and you guys, uh, you know, a lot of bands today don't really, I feel like they just kind of turn on the camera and lip sync to their songs for a music video. But you guys, Bisto really puts a lot into the music videos and you can see that from the stuff in front of the camera and even, you know, the post uh, effects and stuff. There's really a lot that goes into it. Uh, do you guys concept the videos yourself or do you, do you have people bring you pitches for the music videos? How does that actually work? No, that's, that's all me. That's all my, it's all you. Wow. Good. Very cool. 
Well, you know, we've had so many great um, collaborators, like um, there's a clothing company called Junker and Todd Junker is um, a really cool filmmaker. So he did, um, what did he do? I think he did Death Rattle. Uh, yeah, or, or no, he did great. It was the one with all the girls and we were covered in slime and that stuff. So <laughs> he, the one with the truck and there's fire blowing everywhere. So that was his vision of Bisto. And I thought it was so cool. And like, Fu Manchui and it was really like interesting and then we had another director do like Feed by Frankenstein and and Grind and like those videos and I thought that was a really interesting way he saw Bisto so when We Are came out I said look it I grew up watching MTV I love 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 a narrative video I love a story and I just said if you guys trust me at this point <laughs> I was like let me have the first two singles and let me just run with it. I was like, I have this idea. It's about this woman on this old Western town and blah, blah, blah. And the, the label and the band guys are going, you want to rent an old Western town? I go, yes, yes. <laughs> <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, well, can you do it on this budget? And I go, I can do anything. So right. we did, um, the seeker and it was, it was a labor of love, but it was, I mean, it came off just the way that I'd seen it. You know, and everybody has that moment when they're first given um, an opportunity, uh, you know, especially me, you know, it's I'm looking around me and it's the entire crew is all men. My whole band is men. All the guys from the label that are there are men. And they're all looking at me going, OK, princess, like knock us dead. And I was like, <laughs> OK. And so I did the concept, I directed it, I did the stunts, I did all the makeup, I made all the costumes with my hands. Um, I pre-produced it, I found the location, I got all the permit, you know, like everything. Wow, that that's a lot. I mean, like the permit and the location, I mean, like the there's the creative side, but then there's the production management side. You did both? That's amazing. Yeah, and I had to because I wanted, so, I, I wanted this big thing and we had this budget and I knew that I could get more expensive stuff the more that I could do. The more that you so, did, right. Yeah, so I had all my girlfriends over and we're dunking stuff in coffee barrels and shredding it. And I mean, it was like yeah. everybody really came together and helped me. And the three bad guys in the video, funny enough, two of them are actors on that show, Power. Wow, yeah. And I, cool. I worked with them, you know, on film and television and stuff before. So those two guys are from Power. And the third guy that picks me up by my neck is actually an old friend of mine and he's a PE teacher at a special needs school. Wow, cool. <laughs> and I thought, cool. I don't know, cause I'm pretty big. I'm five, seven. And, and I was like, who's big enough to pick me up by my neck. And I was like, Chris, so I <laughs> nice. Chris. he took a day off school and I dressed him up like a cowboy and he, it was all actors and musicians and everything. And he's like, I don't, am I doing this right? And he stole it, carrying me in slow motion. Uh, I was I love it. That's so cool. So cool. That's great. And you know, you um, mentioned that you do some some acting and stuff too. Are you still doing a lot of uh, in front of the camera acting and stuff, or, or focusing on the band? Yeah, it's cool because um, you know, with all the downsides of of everything being so digital, the good side is that I can do everything. And so I'm able to run 
you know, I'm, I'm able to direct uh, other people's videos. I'm able to direct commercials. I'm able to, you know, do voice. I'm able to do all these things. And then you can just plan tours around shows because they're right. like a TV show has a season and you know, it's set in stone. So you know that I'm going to wrap on August 15th and take a flight out August 16th. And so it's on yep. me. How much can I physically take? But right now it seems to be quite a lot. So, you know, right. humbly waiting for, um, you know, film and TV to come back, you know, full stream out here. I'm starting to get, you know, the emails again, auditions again. So that's really nice. Hopeful. Mm-hmm. But what a time to create, right? Like you can write a record like we're doing. Um, you know, you can write that show. You've ever watched like a show where you go, I could have written that or, Oh, that reminds me of my life or whatever. Then do it. I've written six and they're all horrible. But the thing is, (laughs) is that the idea was there. I go, how funny would it be if this and this, and just put it down on paper. And that may be the one good thing that comes out of literally being stuck at home. Right on, right on. And, you know, obviously your father is very known for his love of, of horror movies. How about you? You must have grown up with, with horror, I'm guessing. And is there, can you tell us some of your earliest memories of, of movies and what they might be? I mean, I, we were always brought up that they were funny. You know what I mean? Like very few of them were terrifying. Like Salem's Lot, that was terrifying, but like, and I saw that when I was like four years old, <laughs> but, but I never had nightmares. I was never like a, a scared kid because we watched them as family. And when something would jump out, like, you know, I look at my parents and they would laugh. Cause you know, when you get startled, it's funny. And so I started equating it with, Oh, this is fun. This is funny. Right. So, um, but most of the stuff, you know, I, I got to be on set for, Prince of Darkness. I got to be on set for, um, you know, of Nightmare on Elm Street. I got to meet Freddie. Wow. Wow. Robert England said to me, he goes, full makeup. He goes, he goes, anybody bully you at school? And I said, yeah. no, sir. And yeah. he goes, no, if they do. And what, like, what Nightmare on Elm Street was that? Was that the, like, uh, one of the schools or? That's the one my dad is in. He plays Freddie's dad. Uh, I think it's like six. Okay. Wow. I, we got to look it up. We'll, we'll find out. But that's that's so cool. Like, I love horror movies too. My my parents also must have been a little out there. They they took me to The Exorcist in 1973 to the drive-in. Nice. And then I went with my mom to see The Shining in a movie theater. Just her and I. I remember she was like, you know that commercial where they cover the dog's eyes. Like my mother was covering my eyes. And, yeah. For Euro, like as far as like upbringing goes, like I never, there was never a big deal with, uh, with like nudity because in, you know, France and in Germany, everything like that was just like all over TV all the time. And I, right. I just never equated it with like, <gasps> so I remember how funny it was when I would go to sleepovers and you know, there'd be like a part where like some girl takes her shirt off and everyone's like, Oh my gosh. And I'm going, yeah. what? Everybody has them in yeah. this room. Like, what are we shocked about? Right. But, um, you know, I le- Americanized, like, I, I would be a little, like, at violence. You know what I mean? And I did never equate horror movies with violence because that's not real. But, like, I remember being a kid and I didn't like watching the news because, you know, if somebody got hit by a car or somebody got shot, I would, 
I wouldn't want to see it. But I, I knew in a movie where some guy gets his head blown off and it's like spaghetti sauce, like obviously that's not real. So right, right. that was kind of the relationship we had. With like <laughs> The reality is scary and, uh, you know, squash for brains, not so much. Right on. Right. Right so on Calico, oh, go, go ahead, Mark. And then I have a question for Calico. Do you want me to go or do you want to go? Yeah, you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So Calico, here's the thing. Speaking of uh, your, your dad, uh, I tour managed at least three Ace Freely shows for Ace with Alice Cooper, and I'm wondering if we had met, then let me ask you if, if you remember these specific shows. One was the Greek Theater um, not that long ago, and Nikki Six was there. I'm, I'm, were you at that gig? I was, no, no, I was okay. filming a TV show. Okay, so there was but that I gig? Was, I was at the Greek. I was so at the Greek. Oh, you were a degree. Okay. I jumped in that day. I, I haven't worked for my dad since 20, I think it's been like, I think I stopped touring in like 2012. Okay. Yeah. Like I did from 2000 to about 2012. And we then, might, you know, um, so, but you were just at the Greek to hang out and see the show. Well, and at, well, my point was, is every time I show up, my dad's like, oh, we oh he pulls you in, right? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. goes, oh, okay. put on nurse's outfit. I go, I don't have one. And he goes, oh, I got, and he knows that once I slap it on, all of a sudden I start doing the makeup and stuff. Right. And then you're into it. A bit yeah. old out there. So, yeah. but yeah, so if, um, if you were there, I might've met you, but I did not look like this. Right. And then, so I was at that one DTE energy center. And I think that's in Clarkston, Michigan. It used to be called Pine Knob Amphitheater. And then. One in Vegas at, I think it was the Palms Casino. And that, that wasn't too long ago, um, a couple of years ago. So I would have been there. Usually if they, if, if I'm not working or on location somewhere and they play in like Vegas or, or whatever, you know, that's a fun time to go out. And yeah. literally it's like a family hang because, you know, we're on stage and just like kicking each other ass to tea kettle all over the place. And, and then we go out for dinner. It's really it's really hard work. Well, I, I want to hang out with you guys because uh, the the Bisto crew, like, because I, I, I know I would see Chuck, uh, you know, backstage and stuff. And I usually don't, when I'm doing the Ace Tour Managing, I don't look like this. I got a suit on and I got my hair different. Right. And, um, I'm, Ace likes me to look like the businessman. But uh, and uh, lately, though, when I'm touring with Ace, I do look like this because uh, my friend Pat, my brother, is uh, tour managing and I am wearing uh, my costume, which is with this hat and I got my uh, police glasses. I'll put these on. See, I just want to, I want to show you, I'm auditioning for like a friend of Bisto, like with my costume. This is my, my costume. I like it. I <laughs> you like it. <laughs> the about Bisto is, is, you know, and I think maybe why we have such like rabid fans, like you either don't know who we are or you have our tattoos. Like all it's crazy. Right. It's like so black and white. Um, and it's because on stage we're so like such a such a, and off stage we're like the like most approachable, most fun, mo you know what I mean, people like, ever. And and um, yeah, and I think that like you know you're like people go oh I had the best night of my life. They're like the show was great, but dude, we hung out for two hours after the show yeah. and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> you know. Cause I'm amped now. Like I just did an hour and a half of like this crazy, insane character. And now I'd like to have a drink. You know right, what I mean? right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I can go sit on a bus by myself and be like, 
you know, or I could go out and hang out with fans. Like, what's the big deal? And, and I get yeah. it. Like, I, I definitely have had speeches given to me by management where they're like, listen, like, it's better if you don't go up because, you know, it's like scarcity and like everybody wants to hang. And if you don't right. go You're more exclusive, if you yeah. don't, right. Yeah. But then, I, but then I'm alienated on so many levels. Cause like the band guys are out there and, and what am I going to be like this in the window? Like I want to go <laughs> out. And I, I was like that when I was touring with Alice too, you know, it's like I could stay in the dressing room or hide away or whatever, but like, these people I've known longer than some of my friends. Like these people have been coming to shows since I was 18 years old. Like what is it going to kill you to say hi? And right. that's what I love about those cruises because we just did the uh, mega cruise, mega death. And it was like uh, suicidal tendencies, Bisto, um, mega death. I mean, it was like, it was the coolest group of people. Like, um, Oh my gosh. It was corrosion of conformity. It was like wow. it was a badass cruise. Um, but the cool thing is you have five days and two shows and the rest of the time you get to like have drinks, go see your friends. When's the last time I was just like free to be like, Oh, I'm going to go see suicidal tendencies. Like never. Right. And Love what's great is you can't do you're, you're on the cruise. So you, you can't be pulled away to do any kind of work. You, you have to enjoy yourself while you're on the cruise. Out. And it's so yeah. great. And I've met some of the coolest people, you know what I mean? Literally just like at breakfast and people are like, Hey, don't mean to bother you. And I'm like, literally, I'm not going anywhere. You may as well sit down because yeah. I, I remember. Yeah. And it's awesome too, because I, I know as a fan, because I've had a handful of people do that to me throughout the years and they, they win my allegiance. You know, it's like, I, I'm, I'm with them then as a fan, because I remember that. And the flip side is true too. When, you know, somebody that you idolize and enjoy their, their music or their art is, is rude to you, it, it, it turns you off. Yeah. So I, I think, I think it's, it's awesome that you do that. Isn't it disappointing how often you hear about that? Like, I, I have been so lucky in, like, you know, the three or four actors that I, like, hold to this, like, unbelievable esteem. And each one of them that I've met has been kinder than the one before. I mean, just, right. So mind blown. Uh, I think and that's uh, that your your vibe attracts your tribe. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. vibe so. attracts the tribe. I've never heard that. I like that though. That's great. Well, Calico, you've been so gracious with your time tonight. Uh, before we we let you go, though, we want to remind the the viewers and the listeners on our podcast version of this that that the the latest album is We Are. We're going to have that link through the show notes on talkingmetal.com. And we want to get the uh, all the social media or the website. Where's the best place to get in touch with with you guys online? So, I mean, we have got bistoblanco.com. That's where you can click and find the freak stream. I think it's up for a couple more days. Um, it's streaming. So when you punch in, sometimes it's out of order. But if you just watch, it's about an hour long. It's so much fun. Cool. Uh, we are is out. Uh, we have all the socials, all of the socials. We got the... Um, you know, the Instagram and the Facebook and everything, but I haunt the Instagram a lot. So come okay. say to me. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I check those messages. So myself. And all the music videos, or at least a lot of them are up on the, on the website that you mentioned. So that's a great place to. If you just Google Be So Blanco, you'll get live stuff. You'll get official videos. But yeah, go watch The Seeker because I'm so proud of that one. And there's a little cameo by um, my friend Wednesday 13. Oh, cool. He's the priest. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you got cool friends. And I want to give a shout out to my friend, Lee, who works with you guys. Lee? Yeah. Lee is like my brother. I, I He's my like younger brother. I actually literally, either I wrote the recommendation or I was listed as a reference on one of his first job outings in L.A. And he, he returned my guitars to Gibson when my band played in L.A. last. And I love that he's working with you guys now. I have to tell you, before I go, the best Lee story. So Lee, when we first met him, was just coming to shows because he liked Bisto. Uh -huh. And uh, we were somewhere, I don't remember, shows finished. We packed our stuff up. And he goes, hey, guys, like, you know, do you need a guy? And we're like, we really, like, right now, we're almost done with this tour. We really don't. He goes, all right, well, see you again. And we're like, bye. <laughs> so we get in the car, and we're pulling a trailer. And we're headed back to the hotel. So we have our big van pulling the trailer full of stuff. We pull out. We get on the freeway. And we're laughing and talking. And the phone rings. And Brother Latham goes, oh, he goes, this is probably some like telemarketer. And he goes, Jan, our bass player who speaks German. He goes, answer it in German. And Jan goes, and he starts going crazy. And he's like, ha, 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 rings again. He goes, it's that same number. So he starts being, you know, a jerk again. He's like, doo, 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 doo. and then the phone rings again. And he goes, oh my gosh, this guy he goes, hello, Lee? He goes, what, what do you mean? Oh my God. We'd been driving down the freeway with the trailer open. Oh, my God. <laughs> Our suitcases were all over the highway. Uh, and Lee was behind us driving, stopping and picking up suitcases and jamming them in his car and trying to call us and get our attention. Oh, my God. That is an amazing story. Our shit was just everywhere. And we finally pulled to the hotel. And he's like hair this way and his eyeliners this way. And he's got all of our stuff and there's just like bras and underwear and high heels. And he's like, I don't know if I got everything. And we had to roll like early that next morning. So we gave him a bottle of our like most expensive whiskey. And we said, Lee, if we ever get big enough where we need a guy, you're the guy. And that next tour, Chuck goes, we need a guy. I'm like, call that Lee guy. Yeah, right. I love it. What, what an amazing Emotion. story. And look. He's the best. He saved me when when I couldn't take stuff somewhere. And and he said, John, I'll do it for you. I'll, I'll just give it to me and I'll handle it for you. And, and it, it allowed me to fly out and he took the gear and returned it for me. So that was a great story. But yeah. your story is amazing. I mean, he, he was driving behind you and he persisted on calling you and your poor stuff was falling on the road. And that dude is such a professional, like to the point where like, I, uh, you know, he's got a, he does my quick changes. Cool. Too. Wow, and, and he's the most pro guy. Like he tugged on my shirt. I remember one show to like to pull it up, and usually the bra stays where it's supposed to. Yeah. That time it didn't. He literally does this. He pulled it. And he goes, "Yeah," <laughs> and he says, "Do you need me to help fix that, or can you fix that?" And I was like, "I got it." And uh, then afterwards, we were like sitting at the bar. I go, "Lee, we've crossed over." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, he says, and he goes i'm so sorry i'm so embarrassed and i was like don't be it happens it's theater literally it's like right theater. right it is theater right yep and uh you know and his girlfriend emily and i are friends and i was like yep. please apologize he goes oh no she no she gets it <laughs> she's like this killer guitar player yeah she's awesome i love it well uh calico i can't wait to see you in person and see the band 
maybe this Pittsburgh gig, uh, if it happens, maybe I'll make my uh, trip from New Jersey out to my hometown area in Pittsburgh and uh, see you guys. I think it would be great. So nice to talk to you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me in my club. Thank you for coming on. I love your set. I love to see your cool stuff in the background. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for spending some time with us, Calico. And again, we will get all the links up in today's show notes. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you out on the road with Bisto sooner than later. Absolutely. We're not Fingers going to crossed. Cool. Thanks, Calico. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So Calico Cooper, guys, checking in with us. Unbelievable. Daughter of Alice. Super cool. Yeah, super cool. Your daughter of Alice Cooper. Well, I ain't evil. I'm just good looking Start a little fire And baby start cooking You're a hungry man But you don't want pizza I'll blow down your house And then I'm gonna eat ya Bring it to a simmer Right on time Run my greasy fingers up your greasy spine Feed me Frankenstein, a classic Alice Cooper song covered by Calico Cooper and her band, Easto Blanco. 
So definitely check them out. We'll have them linked through today's show notes. I do want to give a big shout out to Mr. Uh, Steven Saylor. Your continued support on Patreon blows me away. Thank you, Steven. And let's get into a little Allegiant here on Talking Metal, a request by Steven Saylor. This is Roundabout and love this band. I don't know if you remember, Steven, we uh, interviewed Riley McShane of Allegiant up at Montreal back on episode 767. That was a great interview. He was showing me his Pokemon tattoos, and man, what a set they they put on at Heavy Montreal, I guess two years ago, right? Just blew my mind. So much power from these young guys on stage, and this is a great cover they do of the classic Yes song, Roundabout, here on Talking Metal.
a legion here on Talking Metal. Covering, yes, great stuff. And that was a pick by Steven Saylor. I'm going to actually just say uh, Steven said he doesn't normally listen to a legion, but this awesome single is one of the best covers I've ever heard. Wow, that's a big statement. It was released in April, and it fits perfectly into the Talking Metal music format. I believe your listeners will really be into this version of the song. I I, I hope so, Stephen, because I am. That was a great version. I love the original, though, too. Great stuff. Okay, one more by Stephen Saylor to take us out. This is The Dying by Dirty Shirley. And Stephen writes me, It's a very melodic and catchy song that is more hard rock than metal. That's cool. I'm always into the hard rock stuff. It's probably my favorite song off the album. They're a new band slash project featuring, of course, George Lynch from The End Machine. Wow, wasn't that a great record, The End Machine? Uh, KXM, Lynch Mob, and X Dokken, of course. And vocalist Dino Jalusic. Jalusic, I don't know him. He's from Animal Drive, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Although maybe I do know him. Did he, was he on Talking Metal like 11 years ago? Did we do an interview with that guy? I might be confusing him with somebody else, but now I'm going to have to go Google that. I seem to remember interviewing some, some guy with that name in a hotel in Midtown Manhattan with John, but I might be mistaken. Uh, need to check that. Anyways, their self-titled debut was released in January. And again, the band is Dirty Shirley. Here they are to take us out here on Talking Metal. Sometimes I think George Lynch actually has too many bands. It's very hard to keep track of them all. Like I, I you know, the end machine, I already forgot about that. <laughs> and that was, what was, that wasn't even that long ago. And that was a great sounding record. I need to go back and listen to that. We will talk to you guys next time on Talking Metal. Please join me on Patreon if you don't already. Thank you. Baby, you've been out of reach and I was out of touch for way too long. On my own